dedicated to serving a broad spectrum of artists and musicians across i don't know we're serving everybody up in here uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and today we're joined by nathan uh nathan is the guitarist for for once in my life as well as youth novel uh youth novels excuse me i'm the vocalist actually Oh, vocalist. Awesome. Okay. So and thanks for, uh, for joining us. Uh, you've all just heard a track from Youth Novel. Um, and this day has been riddled on both sides with, uh, with some fun little surprises. Uh, pretty much it's Nathan, fortunate. you just like ran here from like, what, like your car breaking down? All right. So I drove into San Francisco to pick up this keyboard and I like got back to my house. It's only like a 30 minute drive. It's not that I'm like just over the Golden Gate Bridge and like super bougie Marin County. And I'm like super not bougie. <laughs> um, so I get home and like I notice like smoke and burning oil smell. And I'm like, that is not good. Luckily, um, the company I work for like goes to like a really good mechanic. And I headed over there like straight away. And he's like, yeah, your drive axle seal is just spraying everything. Like there's no oil on your dipstick. And I was like, that is literally most not sick and so <laughs> i got out of there and i'm like call it like luckily my work is like a mile away so i'm like i'm running down the street like while on the phone like hey i need a ride to mill valley like now <laughs> and i got back at like 355 and this was scheduled for four so <laughs> and i think originally you thought it was at three so this this is kind of like the universe worked together. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the link, the link that you sent me to like convert the time from Pacific to Eastern, yeah. it put it in like EDT, which I don't know what EDT is, but it was saying like it would be 4 p.m. here and like 1 a.m. wherever that was. And I was like, oh. dang, these folks yeah. are burning the midnight oil. Like, <laughs> I know <laughs> you sent me like a response like, wow, thanks yeah, for being late. up so late. And I'm like, it's going to be seven o'clock. We'll be OK. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, maybe um, you're elderly people that are into punk. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're elderly people that are into <laughs> punk and you go to bed at 6 p.m. Right. <laughs> oh man, I do have two kids and I do go to bed early, but not that early. Damn, yeah. for sure. That's intense. 
I definitely fluctuate. I feel like I go through like weeks where I'm like, I'm going to be so good and get up at like 6 a.m. every day. And then like, I'll just get hooked on like a video game or something. And I'm up until like all hours of the night. Goes both ways. See, I'm the, my brain is the worst brain on earth. Like the other day, it was like, it was like some obscene hour of the morning. It was like four o'clock. In Party Hard by Andrew WK was just on loop. <laughs> and it was just like, let's get a party going. Let's get a party going. Just like nonstop. <laughs> and I was like, this is this is wonderful. Like that's not that song is quite literally like the antithesis of s- sleeping. <laughs> like that is the complete opposite. Yep. I go to bed to it every night. It's uh soothing, calming, you know, that my chamomile <laughs> tea. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like feeling really well machine. rested afterwards too. For yeah, like some for some re- weird reason, you have dreams of like just like flashing colors. Flashing primary colors are your dreams. <laughs> yeah. So for once in my life, uh, you guys just wrote a uh, new LP. Um, what can we expect to kind of hear more about that? Are you are you recording yet? So this band, the idea for this band, uh, if I may touch on the history a little bit. Yeah, of course. Um, the idea for this band goes goes back to when I was in my first like screamy screamo band. Um, we were called Trotsky, and I joined that when I was fourteen or fifteen. And I've always played like guitar. I wasn't the guitar player in that band; I was the drummer. But I would always just write stuff that wasn't quite Trotsky friendly. We later changed our name to the Hard of because of bad name reasons. I would just kind of like tinker with my guitar and just kind of like piece together songs bit, bit by bit. And like the ideas for the, uh, the demo tape literally go back to when I was like 15 years old. Like a lot of those parts are almost 10. Wow. Oh my gosh. I'm going to be 25. Um, <laughs> Steve, are you 30 now? I'm going to be 31 in uh, two months. Ah, there it is. Yeah. Hell <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're a father though. You just said, right? Yeah, I got a two-year-old and a one-year-old, yeah. so it, that's it's, badass, it's cool. man. It's cool. I'm fine with being old. Anyways, continue. Sorry, older. <laughs> it's like it's like George Carlin says: use older. It, might, it sounds like it might even last a little longer. You know? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta hold um, on to that hope. Absolutely. So the band was originally based out of Santa Cruz, um, and it was just me, my friend Cole, and uh, my friend Jesse uh, doing vocals, and we played uh, two shows. One was with uh, like that uh, that like metalcore band Wrist Meat Razor. The other metalcore band CU Space Cowboy, and um, awesome. our friends band Cold Shoulder. I think played too, and of course we opened and uh, felt really good. Everybody seemed to like us. The second show, I was playing a really cheap guitar, and the bridge like kept popping out of place, so uh. it was just super out of tune and did not sound good. And basically, like Cole and Jesse, understandably, were like. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> like that was really embarrassing. <laughs> like we're done. And I was like, you know what? Fair. So <laughs> I actually ended up moving down to uh, North San Diego County where I was trying to like find people to play with. And I actually ended up putting together some like a band and we recorded the demo tape. It was back in Michigan. And I was making the demo tapes with my friend Ben, who uh, plays in a fantastic band called Blank Tape Tax. He's like a jazz drummer and writes. He writes all the music. He's fantastic. Everybody listening, go, go look up Blank Tape Text right now. Do yourselves a favor. So like that popcorny style drums, like all over the place. 
He is one of the best drummers I've ever met and seen play live. He's fantastic. He's my he's one of my best friends, if not my best friend in the whole world. And he's just the best person alive. Don't listen to my music. Go listen to his music. So <laughs> um, Ben and I were like, I like pitched the idea to like do like this, uh, like hollowed out books. I rode around on my brother's scooter that goes like 35 miles an hour. And I rode it around Metro Detroit because I was visiting my, my mom because of the whole world falling apart thing. And I gathered up all like these books from like those mini free libraries. And I like took like a box cutter and I carved them out and I, I cut myself pretty bad, unfortunately. But I just took my blood and I kind of like smeared it in all the books. <laughs> like, Part of the um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, big time. So Ben thought that was a really cool idea. And then I had one song left over that I wrote for, for like the demo sessions that didn't really quite fit with the demo tape. So I just put it out on like a two song EP, which the tapes are in a shoebox back there that I have to still make all the packaging for. And I have some pretty cool ideas for that, I think. But the LP, back to like that question, um, the LP is like 99.99% done. I just have to write the uh, the piano for it uh, because we're uh, we're adding a keyboardist and we're going to get pretty weird. Not like get up kids keyboards, but like portable grand like um i think it's going to add a lot more dynamics to the record so if you've liked the uh the two song ep that we just put out these lp songs i am not one to toot my own horn i'm not <laughs> one to get on my high horse about things that i do but they blow everything that we've released for five songs we've only released five songs but it blows everything out of the water i'm proud of it and that's all that matters we're proud of it that's all that matters absolutely yeah, no, I'm super excited uh, that, you know, I listened to the the demo and, you know, for being lo-fi, I could definitely hear like some really cool parts going on uh, that you said you wrote, you know, where it's like you can get a little heavier and there's that distortion, but you really kick it down too and kind of play with some of those melodic, just like really, I don't know, like I was just listening to it today while I was in the shower and like, you know, you just like hear like a couple of nice little like notes ring through here or there and it's just, it was nice, you know, it, it felt good. Uh, and then, yeah, that, that two song EP, you start to hear some of that quality come through and they sounded great. So, I'm, yeah, I'm super amped to hear the piano in there. Um, that, that sounds awesome. It sounds like you play quite a few instruments, too, right? So you play keys, you play drums, you play guitar. Do you play anything else? Well, I think that if you're a guitar player, then you can just kind of swing bass. But mm -hmm. I actually tried out I tried out for one of my favorite bands in like 2015 on bass and I like didn't cut it. <laughs> like they were just like, yeah, this guy's going to play bass. And I was like tight, but <laughs> obviously no hard feelings. Like they were way better than me. I play guitar. Um, I'm classically trained in singing for being a tenor mm -hmm. and I play, yeah, piano, drums. And I mean, everybody can play like a ukulele. There's four strings. It's easy to figure <laughs> out. But yeah, that's pretty much it. I haven't really experimented with anything else. So you're classically trained. Um, where were you? Just in singing. Just in singing. Guitar and uh, piano and stuff. Like I, dude, I grew up broke. Like there was no money for me. It was just like, oh, I have a crappy guitar. And like I'm at my friend's house. Like I'll just try to figure something out. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it, it looks like too. I mean, you, you kind of talked about some of these like tape designs and everything. Do you design like all the artwork for all your projects? 
I would use artwork loosely <laughs> because like <laughs> when I first started getting into the genre, um, 2010, 2011, 2012, I was just going to a lot of lo local shows in, in Michigan, in Southeastern Michigan. There were tons of cool, like I, I'm so, I, I'm so grateful that I grew up in such a cool local scene. Like you had bands like Sunlight Ascending, which is the best post-rock band. Ever. It's not even an argument. They are the best post-rock band. They are. They are the best post-rock band. Sunlight Ascending, they're great. Um, there's a alternative rock kind of metal group called Headlights Over Hills. Our friends in Not Okay. There's a metalcore band called Your Nearest Route. And then just like little like cougar problems. Pretty much every weekend we were going to shows. I remember we, we were at a we were at a show and naturally you want to join a band if you're going around live like live local music and. Luke, the vocalist of Trotsky, I believe showed me I Hate Myself. And I, I loved I Hate Myself. I fell in love immediately. Mm -hmm. And then I started hanging out with, with those guys more and more. And we started practicing. And in the in the pre-questions, I touched up on like how Trotsky came to be, which I will do again if you wish. Um, but Luke showed me like they all turned me on to like great bands like like Seisha, Orchid, um, like I hate myself and all, all those bands. And Nick was kind of more into like the emo -er side, like American football and stuff. But I like dove deep, like head first into like the CMH whack board back when it was a thing and really got into the spirit of Versailles, sinking steps, rising eyes, which is the greatest screamo band of all time. There's no argument there. Eclipse of Eden, dispensing of false halos, that whole Midwest sound I really fell in love with. And I'm still really passionate about that music. I may have gone off topic a little bit, <laughs> but oh please, yeah. Have you listened to Lytic at all? I know the name. I'm really bad at checking. I'm so bad at checking out new music. It's uh, yes. it's 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 embarrassing. Oh, you might like it. Uh, so Lytic is uh, Jamie, who is from Seisha as well as Off Minor. Um, I did a split with them. Oh hell yeah. Yeah, Jamie's an awesome guy. Um, I, I've done some splits with him and played some shows with him. And he's like slept on my floor once. And, you know, for like dude, a dude who's sick. like... What? Yeah, and for like a guy who like, he's done so much in the scene. And like, he's an older dude now. I say older, but I think he's like pushing 40. But like, he also like is like a doctor in like Manhattan. You know, like, and then like, he That's plays a show intense. with us. Yeah, yeah, plays a show with us in Providence. And I'm like... Hey, if you want, you can stay on my floor. <laughs> He's like, great. I, I don't need a pillow or anything. We're cool. And we just like drank beers and hung no out. You know? Yeah, he's, I gave him a pillow. Don't get me wrong. But like, he's just so chill, you know, like, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I highly recommend Lytic. Uh, I feel like they're putting out some really cool stuff. And he does like, he plays this like, I don't know, I forget the name of it, like a, a guitar that's like half bass, basically. It's just really deep in tones. And it's just... Baritone? baritone thank you yeah and it just like ties in so well uh and his drummer frankie is just like the coolest like i don't know his family owns like one of the oldest bakeries uh in manhattan and like they just make bagels and shit and it's just i don't know frankie's an awesome character too and i just love being around him but yeah definitely check out lytic i think you'll, you'll definitely yeah, uh, dig it if you could send me um like your favorite track or your favorite record just at any point like i i'm interested because um, Jamie played guitar in Seisha, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, his guitar work on, um, especially that first demo, 
the uh, the Seisha demo with like one dying wish, Venus and Bacchus, um, closed hands. I'm pretty sure, and then the sweetness and the light, maybe. And that's mm. that's wrong. That's definitely wrong. But that four song demo is is really good. And we used to jam when I was in Trotsky. We used to we used to jam one dying wish at practice all the time. Nice. Up until it up until we couldn't because we weren't the best at our instruments. <laughs> yeah, I feel it. Um, I was just part of doing like a, a re-release of like a bunch of Sasha songs and we had to like go through and figure out which one we wanted to do. And I think like we ended up going through like two or three before we like sat with one. Um, and now it's kind of like to be determined when that will actually get released. But it was just like, I don't know, the first one we chose like halfway through, you're like, no, nah, I can't do this. You know, like, you know, it's just what he does is super unique and just an awesome sound. Very, um, I might be wrong, but I get like a, almost like a jazz influence from him. And yeah, for some reason, the, the song Becoming the Truth doesn't have lyrics. So if anybody from Seisha is listening to this, email me the lyrics to Becoming the Truth. Cool. Because I need those lyrics given to me. I won't leak them. Just I need them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't talked to him in a couple of months, but I'll see what I can do. <laughs> I, I talked to Adam weirdly enough, because I had, I had like a really old Seisha artifact and I wanted to see what he said about it. Um, everybody in that band, from what I understand, is still like really cool. My friend Alex talked to Bill, uh, Billy about some obscure screamo thing mm -hmm. that nobody cares about. <laughs> and yeah, they're all really cool guys. And all the people from the, all the people from the Midwest scene, like Sioux Falls, South Dakota and like Des Moines, Iowa, I have to drive those guys wild because I'm like, yeah, you you released this split record in 1990. Like the spirit of Versailles released this split record with Sakara back in 1999. And I've seen actually three variants, but I have a picture right here of this fourth variant. I've never seen it. And like they have they have to be so annoyed with me, but they put up with me. And I was driving back from Michigan um, at the beginning of the month. And I was actually in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and I stopped mm -hmm. in. Dan from Examination of the and legendary Sioux Falls uh, band Edict of Milan and him and John from Edict and John also played in Nodes of Ranvier or Ranvier rather and they were all so cool to me and they, like they were just like giving me food recommendations just talking to me about like shows back then like oh this tour that, that tour and mm -hmm. Dan owns Total Drag Records in Sioux Falls South Dakota so go shop at Total Drag <laughs> Records in Sioux Falls, South Dakota and support cool. Dan. Yeah, um, I definitely got really into that Midwest scene too for a while. Um, I think like, do you remember like Snowing or Algernon Cadillader? Uh Yeah, that was that was like the that was like the uh, the later half. And yeah. um, I never dove too deep into Snowing and Algernon, but that was 100% Nick. When we were yeah. in Trotsky, that was that was Nick's powerhouse. He loved all those bands. Yeah, that and like um, Midwest Pen Pals. Um, I've talked about this on like a past episode, but I, like Nick Stutzman was a member of that. And like he just like randomly showed up around like the Northeast and hung out with like my friend group for like a summer. And we just wrote a bunch of songs and just chilled. But he's like bounced around so many different projects. Uh, like I, I can't even think right now. Park Jefferson, I think was another one he was in, you know. Yeah. I think he was in Merchant Ships as yeah. well, if I'm not mistaken. He played guitar yep. in Merchant Ships. Yeah, yeah, from like the whole like later Midwest scene, Merchant Ships was really the only band that like I was like, okay, 
I could listen to a whole record of this. Like yeah. Merchant Ships has some Merchant Ships has some jams for sure. William Bonnie, that was another one that I really stuck to. Dang, you you and you and Nick just have like yeah, similar, <laughs> like literally very similar music tastes. All those people from the Sioux Falls scene, though, I, I I can't stress it enough. They are just the coolest guys. I remember I drive a really old car. It's going to break down a lot. But my thermostat went out in uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So I'm literally in like a Harbor Freight Tools parking lot, like wrenching on my car. And Eli from Sinking Steps, Rising Eyes came and like talked with me and hung out with me and like gave me some records and all fixed. But something else was wrong with it. And I didn't have a place to stay. And he's like, well, normally I'd offer you a place to stay at my house and like, but, but the whole, you know, virus thing. So I don't want to take any chances, no offense, but I have like miles and points saved up from my work. So I can just put you up in a hotel and put me up in this nice holiday inn. Like, dude, just like the best dude. That's amazing. Like the best guy on earth, like didn't have to do that. And like, not even just the fact that like, his music had such a profound impact on me and just mm. like just him being like literally the best guy. Like he didn't have to do that. You can just be like, well, that sucks. Hopefully, hopefully it gets taken care of. And then yeah, dude, exactly. I can't, I couldn't think him. I couldn't think I literally can't think of him enough. And um, he also played in a band called Roman ships, which was after mm. sinking steps. And before that he played in a band called transparent front. So if you like good music, listen to Roman ships and transparent front. Cool. Yeah, that, that's always nice, too. There's nothing worse than, like, really liking a band and meeting them, and you're like, wow, actually, this is a crap person, you know? So I'm glad it went the other way, you know? I've never had a bad experience me- meeting someone. Um, the only one that sticks out was Ingve Malmsteen, like the like the, the shred guitarist, like the, the Swedish guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. My uncle opened for him and I saw I, I saw him briefly and I was like, hey, Yngwie, can I get a picture? And he was just like, fuck off. And I was like, yes, <laughs> he was a dick. I'm so happy that he was, yeah. a dick. He was nice to me. Always meet your heroes. Who wants Ingve Malmsteen to be nice to you? I want him to tell me to fuck off in a Swedish accent. 100 <laughs> percent. And like, he probably doesn't even remember he probably told seven other people to fuck off in that day yeah working at like a venue there's been times where like you pay an artist and then just see them like instantly go like buy cocaine with that money or something like that oh. that's always what like venue do you work City. At? what's that what venue do you work at uh, i work at as220 it's a nonprofit art organization based out of providence rhode island super cool place uh definitely like anyone can book a show there so if you're looking to do a tour or anyone listening is looking to do a tour uh just go to the website as220.org um but also aside from being like a music venue uh we run a kitchen which is very vegan centric uh we have housing for artists we have a theater program dance programs uh we have youth programs uh we take care Damn. of like yeah it's it's very inclusive uh we're right downtown so we we try to bring culture uh to downtown and be part of the culture um, that sounds like a really, really cool place to have around, especially for like DIY music. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's starts you- five years old. And I mean, DIY is what they were. They Their whole thing, like they always said, like they're they're trying to like go against the capital capitalistic like viewpoint of the world. Right. You know what I mean? It was basically a punk show that turned into something more like 
there's like they have like videos of them like with like Green Day playing there before they were big and stuff like that. And like, you know, they Dude, were above, like, an old theater. Yeah. And they were like above like an that's old theater. Dope. And like the theater like eventually was like, what you guys are doing is really cool, but like you guys are too loud. You need to find a new place to do this. <laughs> you know, so yeah, that's and, whack. And, now it's like the epicenter of downtown, you know, like they own so many buildings and give so many opportunities to artists. Um, so I can't say enough about them, but what is really cool about working at a venue where like anyone can play is everyone does play, you know? So yeah. I've seen like, you know, from a synth player dressed as like a tooth fairy, like screaming on the floor. to like, uh, we had like this weird psychedelic Sick. band that That's came through with, like this like whale on their van and like they put on like a projector, like a bunch of like bees in the background and everyone's like chilling, like cross-legged and he's just doing some trippy shit. And I'm like, he definitely dosed everybody, you know, like <laughs> it's every day is a special day, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I've also who's, who's your favorite person like, that you've met? Oh, who's favorite your favorite person, person that you've met? Uh, or like ones that like you had like, you're like, wow, I really like your music and you're playing the venue I work at. Oh God, this is going to be a terrible way to ask what their name is. But the the person from um, the Juno movie who did the soundtrack, uh, what is what is their name? I want to look it up. Oh, Kimia Dawson. Kimia Dawson is an awesome person. Um, not only do they put on a great show, but just they're so heartfelt the whole time. And just speaking to the audience is wonderful. Um, you know, Emma Ruth Rundle, uh, she just like demanded the crowd. And it was just like, her and her guitar in the room and it just filled up the place. I got to play there with, um, wow, names are, are not my friend tonight. Um, not Sage Francis, but Sage Francis, uh, side guy. B Dolan was who I was trying to think of. Um, uh, yeah, yes, B Dolan. There was no was, cut there. No, but B Dolan, <laughs> super cool rapper. And like, just, he says like, a, you know, a million words a minute. It has just like a really awesome message, but like, here I am like, you know, working that night and he's hanging out in the green room and the guy is just literally just for like maybe eight hours, just sitting down there drinking tea and like reading a book, you know, and just to see him like after that, just get up on stage and just demand the crowd for like a couple hours. You're just like, this guy is so honed in, you know, um, it's it humanizing. Just, yeah. It's yeah. Very humanizing. Cause I feel like when you really like an artist's work, you kind of like, put them on a pedestal but when you just see them being a person yeah like i i mean i grew up in punk and hardcore so it's not like i'm like 15 feet away from the stage and i'm like ah i wish i could go talk like all the bands i liked growing up i've like met and they're just like a guy in a band mm -hmm. like it's not it's not like they're like like nah, yeah, nah. yeah. yeah I don't like, that's that's a cool drop dead Kind of okay, sort of. That name sounds familiar. I know that Drop Dead too. Gorgeous, that really that really terrible MySpace band. Yeah, I remember that too. Yeah, I yeah, they were really bad. No, Drop Dead's like they're always hanging out at AS220, and they're all just like a bunch of old vegans, but it's just super cool guys. But yeah, it's the same thing. You know, what I mean, like punk scene is like that, right? They're just right underneath your nose all the time, and it's better that way. You know, like yeah, it's dope. Yeah, that's that's the, that's the positive of, of growing up in punk and hardcore because it's just like, oh, well, if that guy can do it, and then I can. I can do it. I always liked um, when a band would be on stage, and I think I think it was the band Give, which is like that psychedelic flower power hardcore band that actually broke up. They were from DC, 
And I think it was them. They were just like after their set, they were just like, start a band, start your own thing. It's like get involved in your scene. I was like, dude, hell yeah. Just a bigger band telling, I don't know, people to get involved is really dope. And I hope kids get more get more involved in DIY. Yeah. Cause that is truly the driving force behind punk. And I I think it's kind of straight away from DIY ethics mm-hmm. and more it's taken on more of like a business approach, which is kind of why I've lost an identity with hardcore. Mm. I, it's really, it's really easy to just say like hardcore is dead, like punk's dead. I think that it's more, it's become something that I don't identify with anymore. Not to say there aren't sick bands that are releasing sick records. One of the first like heavier bands that I got into aside from like Metallica or like, like a heavy band that was affiliated with hardcore. Cause like I liked Metallica and like Lamb of God when I was in like middle school. Cause I was like, this is loud and angry and I'm loud <laughs> and angry was harm's way. And they just dropped post human in 2018 or 2019. I'm supposed to know that. Um, and that record from start to finish is the best record they've ever done. Mm-hmm. So they're still going full steam ahead and they're all really cool guys too. Um, they they put up with me being a nerd and asking them dumb questions. <laughs> but <laughs> but well, they're a viral the, meme now with that breakdown two step, aren't they? See, I'm so far removed from like I <laughs> I uh, the only social media I had was Reddit, and I recently just got off of that. Um, aside mm-hmm. from that, I don't I don't, I don't have any social media. I still have like the Facebook Messenger, which I use to like talk back and forth with people. But uh, mm-hmm. for the most part, it stays deactivated probably yeah. 95% of the time. I just found out about that meme. Like, I just found out about <laughs> it. Better late than never. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and it's I commend just, you it's for just... giving... Go ahead. Yeah, that, band, that band's really cool, and I love them. I just think it's weird how, like, people fixate on James's hobby. That's just his hobby. He's just a weightlifter. It's just yeah. strange. Yeah. Uh, I gotta say, the but... only thing that you're missing on Facebook, there's a group called Scram Cave. It is like I've just heard the, nothing the but awful things. About it. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard nothing but awful things. I've heard nothing but awful things about it. Really? Oh, I love it. I think I think my friend Alex, uh, Alex Bigman, I think he's mm. in there, or yeah. is like the moderator of it or something because he's this scram or screamo king or whatever. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he know. is though. Like, he uh, is. Members he, of like Soul Glow are active in there and stuff like that. Like Ruben, he's a riot. I deleted my face, like my uh, my high school Facebook in 2013. Um, so I've been off of social media for seven years. From aside from like the occasional, I'll sign on to like look up something from like a band, like see who's touring or something. Sure, yeah. And this is not me bragging whatsoever because it's nothing to brag about. But my grasp on like memes and meme humor is so limited that like I literally. <laughs> stare at something and i feel like i'm 85 years old it's like <laughs> i sincerely and genuinely do not understand this i think i'm stupid i've done a lot of thinking i'm pretty sure i'm dumb <laughs> i don't think so no no no, no. I'm, I'm 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 kidding but yeah um my uh my grasp on meme humor is just so it's so bad and so just elementary and there are these people that my coworkers will like show me something and like, hey, check it out. And like, I'm just like, ah, ah yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> get it. Like, <laughs> right. I'm 
I'm 90 years old in a 24 year old body. <laughs> I mean, it's gotta be good for like, I mean, with everything going on with COVID-19 and everything, there's so much all the time on these websites and just people going back and forth on the whole mass controversy and everything. It's got to kind of be nice to just be a little removed from that, you know, just take it for what news you do get, you know? Yeah. And the thing is, when I got off of Reddit, my, uh, again, this is not me being on some kind of high horse. This is just me talking about my experiences because... I'm afraid that I'm coming off of like, well, I've been off social media for <laughs> a couple months now, and no, like, you know, I can, you know, I can, I can do a hundred jumping jacks in a row, and I can only do fifty before, like, um, but <laughs> I just noticed like I'm way happier. Like I just see like for some reason I would get mad about something, and like I do more research about it and get even more mad. Man. Like I'm directly causing me getting right. more pissed. Like somebody will just say something dumb, like B, and I'd just be like, ah, I want to learn more about that yeah. so I can get more mad. And I'd see like a headline or something, and like it would like make me react like emotionally. Mm-hmm. And I'd just be like, I I don't like this. So now I get all my news from like NPR. Like yeah. luckily, like Marin County, San Francisco area has a really good NPR station, mm-hmm. and I can just get like the story and NPR is really cool. And I think that they get a really bad rap because people on the right wing might write them off as like, Oh, they're just a liberal, blah, blah, blah. It's like, Mm. they have very equal representation. Like they had Joe Biden, someone from Joe Biden's campaign on, and then they had someone from Donald Trump's campaign on. And it's just Mm. like, like, here are two, here are the two sides. Here are the two sides story. Basically make up your own opinion. Of course they, they spin their own way. Like they can have their own opinion. They achieve an unbiased stance, and they do it very, very well, I feel like. With no memes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I don't, have to, I don't have to look at my phone because my eyes start to hurt after a while. Right. <laughs> now, we have a good NPR around here, too. Uh, we're, we're off the Boston NPR. So, I don't know. It feels pretty non-biased to me. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I've always really enjoyed it, and I feel like you get more actual interviews than you do their opinion, which is nice, too. You know, it, it seems pretty unplugged. So I know you just released a couple songs, uh, like kind of like, um, was it the end of uh, or beginning of, of August? It was like mid to late August. And then um, David Norman from Zegamavich released another song, which is on their um, band camp, which David Norman is great. David Norman runs Zegamavich. Zegamavich is great. When I was in Trotsky, David Norman was the only person who posted about us. The yes. only person who posted about Trotsky, which is so dope. Um, that was sick. Yeah, I did a release. Yeah. Uh, actually, I did a few releases with them. Um, I was in a band called MTA, um, and we did a, a split with Carl. That sounds familiar, actually. Yeah, we just toured Europe last year. Um, we, we okay, did, that's um, kind of sick. Yeah, we did um, a couple fests. Uh, we did New Friends Fest in Canada. You Link know, me to uh, your band. I didn't know. I didn't know that. Link me to your band. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. I'll definitely shoot it your way. Um, but yeah, we did a split with Karloff. We did our own self-release with uh, Zegma Beach, and we also did a four-way split with Lytic, Kivala, and Peak. Um, which hell yeah, Peak that is, uh, Larry Records. Yeah, check, check out Larry Records from New York too. Uh, Larry, for one, is the man, and for two, Peak is a really awesome band. So worth a listen What's for sure. You- do you know Larry's last name? Because 
Oh God. Is it, is it ja jabs? Because if it's the uh, same person, he definitely bought it for once in my life demo tape. <laughs> that would not surprise me. Larry is Larry yeah, that, cool like that. Yeah. Um, he, he runs a pretty cool record label, um, Larry Records. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, that, that sounds like the same yeah. person. But so the youth novel songs, um, youth novel was we Trotsky played with them a bunch. I think like three or four times, which I guess is a bunch now. And the, the set that sticks out most to me in my mind, we were playing the Sanctuary. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it was us, this band called Ajna, which was this short-lived, like, screamy, hardcore, basically the, the indie band Mover Shaker, if you know them, um, which is the best indie band out right now. There's no contest. Go listen to Mover Shaker. They just put out a new record called Another Truck Stop. Go listen to my friends. Go support them. It was basically that, but with a different vocalist. Mm. and they broke up and i think that they played that this show that i'm talking about it was mm. us ajna loma prieta and youth oh, now if i'm not yeah. mistaken I, I might i might be tweaking ajna they might have played they might have not but basically loma played and then youth novel played youth novel headline somehow i think <laughs> youth novel played so well that they yes. made that they like blew Loma off the stage, and I'm not putting down Loma because everybody knows that they're great. That's a hard like thing to Val do too. from Loma, like Loma, like uh, Val from Loma is the best drummer I've ever seen live. But yeah. Youth Novel played so well that they just blew them off stage. And this was before I was ever affiliated with them. They were just friends. Like I've known John from Youth Novel. We were on MySpace together. He's he's seen some pretty embarrassing pictures of me. Nice. <laughs> um, which he brings up a lot. But I started getting closer with Maya from Youth Novel. Her and I would I would ride my Vespa scooter from Royal Oak, Michigan to Ann Arbor. I would take like back roads <laughs> all the way. And her and I would just we would just write music like, oh, this sounds sick. And then she is her mind is dangerous. Like she can just put together like, oh, I like that riff. We'll just do that. We'll we'll will tweak the end of this riff and then she'll just program drums immediately. Like she is insane. Her mind is crazy. So I would just write songs with her and just really uh, hang out with her. And she's great. And the joke was that the, the youth novel LP has been written for so long. Mm. And I would always joke like, yeah, I'll do vocals on it. And she was just <laughs> like, yeah, you will. John from youth novel, uh, John Dickinson, not John Riley him and Maya would write majority of the music. They would just be like smoking weed and like be like, oh, I'm going to play fast. Like this is going to be a fast song. Like, <laughs> And the LP was done for so long. And I was in San Diego. And I remember I called Maya and I was like, hey, so am I doing vocals on the youth novel LP? And she's like, yeah, totally. And I was like, really? She's like, yeah, whenever you want. And I was like, okay. So I just drove to Michigan from San Diego and I was like, all right, I'm here. She was like, oh, you're actually here. And I was like, yeah, I just drove from San Diego. Like, let's do this. I want to do this record. <laughs> so we did. So we did half the record before the like all the shuts shutdowns and whatnot. And I'm pretty sure everyone's sick of hearing when this all happened or when this all hit or the shutdowns. But it's a crucial part of the story. We did about maybe a little bit over half of the songs before the shutdown happened. And then 
after the shutdown happened, I went to John Riley's house and we finished them. And I was in like his guest room's closet with like the headphones in and like yelling into a microphone. It was like super dark. A month or two before that, my brother died unexpectedly. So it was kind of like I had a lot of emotions to channel. And I think I the way I like to do vocals um, and the way I've done them before is you do one take and you Mm -hmm. keep it unless you messed up majorly. Mm. If you're doing especially if you're doing harsh vocals, like if you're doing screaming, do one take and then that's it, because that's how you keep it really raw as little takes as possible. So I think I did everything in one take. Um, And yeah, I was in a really, really heavy place because I was just like visiting my mom and like I was watching videos on my phone and I was like, oh, I'm gonna go go show my brother this. And then he was just like on the floor, like dead. It is the least sick thing that's ever happened to me in my life, like bar none. Naturally, I went to a therapist and I, you know, went to um, did all that. And I think that uh, I'm just coming around to like the acceptance of it all. Like luckily, like put on like the necklace, which is like full of his ashes. And like, um, yeah, I I just like took it off because I like I said in the beginning, like I was literally running down the street. So I was all sweaty and whatnot. Um, But I go surfing with it on Mm -hmm. like I skate with it on. I lift weights with it on. I run with it on. Like I do everything with it on because I just need like that. As they say in Spinal Tap, I need that extra push over the cliff. <laughs> and I'm not a, I'm not a I'm not a spiritual person. I'm not a religious person, mm-hmm. but it's probably like the placebo effect or like just like the sheer comfort of having like his ashes around my neck. And it's just like, all right, at least I got this because yeah. for a while that was all that I was going on to not only because I lost not only because of like the the trauma of me actually finding my older brother like dead I literally can't call him and tell him about my day I can't hear about his like we really bonded over like mid 2000s the most ignorant rap possible like I'm talking like Lil Scrappy Little John and the East Side Boys. Yeah. Like, like we really bonded over that. And I was I was sca- I was skating with a with a coworker at the local skate park. And I wanted to call and tell him, like, yeah, like I landed a switch flip off this ledge. And like I literally reached for my phone. I was like, ah oh, shit. A lot of like the emotion that is channeled from that I was trying to tap into was the em- emotion from that. And also like just getting out of a really bad relationship in 2018, which took me a long time to get over. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm finally in a place where I can say like, yeah, that's behind me. And I'm in a way better place. And I'm like way better off not being in that dark place with this person. And like, it's no fault of her own. Like, I'm not saying like, Oh, she's evil. Out of this. like she's a human being. She's a person. She's just a person. It's really easy to idolize someone that you're in a you're in a relationship with and put them on like like a higher ground instead of just saying like, hey, they're just a person mm-hmm. like they have faults. I'm always going to be me dealing with my problems, just like mm-hmm. she's always going to be dealing her like her dealing with her problems. So whatever she did probably makes sense to her in her head. And 
a lot of it is channeled from bad relationship, cliche, screamy, hardcore stuff, or just hardcore stuff in general. And the very, very sudden death of my brother, which was like the last conversation I had with him, fortunately, was good. And I was like, dude, you're like color looks better. I'm like, you look like you're putting on weight. And because he had cancer, like he lost his eye to cancer. Uh, he had neuropathy in both feet from other health complications. So I was like, yeah, you're like, you look good. Like you're like you're like I'm not a spiritual person but i'm like your energy is different like you just seem like you're in a really good place and he's like yeah i'm in a really good place and like literally two days later it was just like well that sucks <laughs> and like there's no other way to put it i might i might sound a little crass but it's just like yeah it sucks i can yeah. say like it's okay but it just sucks oh i definitely get it i lost my dad to cancer um going on i think it's like almost 11 years now and at the time I was in a band with Steve uh, called Agape, and pretty much that's how I got through that. It was I just again we recorded like right after, and then we played a bunch of shows, and it was never perfect, but I screamed my ass off every night, and it was just like having the ability to get that emotion out. That's still some like the most raw stuff I've I've done. It, it's nice that it's like a timestamp that I have, and it's nice that you were able to record that too and keep that, you know, and like it's awesome to see that you're big enough to say like, yeah, that sucks. And it's a terrible thing that happens to us. But I also like, I, I try to look at it this way too. Like, um, uh, recently, like, um, my, my grandpa's, he's went through a couple of different like health fits and I'm like, I was talking to my girlfriend and I'm like, man, you know, it's crazy to think like, you know, if he goes, I've like, I've been somewhere that like my mom hasn't been like losing her dad and to be a person that can be some someone for someone when they're going through something like that, that's like the beauty, like that understanding. There's nothing worse than like you lose somebody and everybody just goes, I'm so sorry. You know, I, I've heard the yeah, I'm so you, sorry. You hear all the cliches. You hear uh, all the cliches. But I, and I just, it's coming from a good it's coming from a good place. It really is. Yeah, it definitely um, is. It's just nice to hear like that fucking sucks. And just to have somebody just get that and know that you're having a shitty day and it's okay to have a shitty day and know all they just do is just chill with you and just try to make you feel better. Or they go, wow, he's not having a good one and needs some time. But just understanding that it's nice to have that. And it's, it's nice to have those outlets, you know what I mean? And I'm sure it's going to shine through beautifully on the recordings. Yeah. Yeah. Like I remember for like a, like a week or so afterwards, I would just call my friends like, um, the day it happened, I called my friend Brendan, who's in Not Okay. Go listen to Not Okay. And like, I was just crying on the phone with him. Like, I didn't really say anything. It was just like, like I was just crying on the phone. <laughs> and like, like a good friend does, isn't like, what do you need? Well, how could, well, what can I do? It was just like yeah. silence on the other end. Like, just, yeah, you just need to get this out, which is like what a good friend does. Also, my friend Nick did that. And I'm just happy that I have music as an outlet because if I didn't, I probably would have found something destructive. I've never drank before. Like I've never like smoked a cigarette or done anything like that. So I don't have like those destructive vices. Like my vice is like Coca-Cola. Like I literally <laughs> drink Coke. And, like that's like the most destructive thing I do. Um, again, not on my high horse. It's just like who I am as a person. Yeah. So I'm just very fortunate that I am able to tap into that Instead of like, oh, I'm feeling bad. I'm going to drown it in a bottle. Where she's like, all right, I'm feeling bad. 
how can I spin this creatively? And something that I've realized in like the last two years is you can just write. You don't have to be like, oh, well, I'm writing this for this. I'm writing this for that. I'm writing, right. like, I, I'm writing, I'm writing the journal. I'm going to put, put out a book and just really tap into something, like tap into how you're feeling. And it might be bad. It might be good, but you, you can just have it. And that is something that I've been trying to do more and more. I'm not saying that like I'm not writing for the LP or I'm not writing for my piano rock and roll band um, that I want to get together. But just having the ability to just write it out is very, very cool because I don't like have a lot of people that I talk to every day. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like I'm like, like my phone for the most part just doesn't ring. Like, and it's not like, I, and it's not like a coming from like a, I'm isolating myself person. It's just like, I've kind of always been that way. Mm-hmm. So I've never relied on, on people. And that's not coming from like a, a like a fatalist sense. I'm not saying like, I'll do it alone. Like I'm the master of my domain. It's just like, I think it stems from me running away from home at 14 through 17. And I think that's a really crucial age. I think that's a really crucial growing age and not having like a stable living place. Like I was always, I'm on this person's couch. I'm on this person's couch. Like, oh, like, oh, I have to go sit in a Coney Island, which you're from the East Coast. So you know what a Coney Island is, right? Okay. Um, all you West Coast people, it's, it's just a diner. But like I had to go have to like sit in a Coney Island for like six hours and wait for someone to come home. It stems from me not having like a stable living situation. It like kind of made me rely on myself and rely on my own devices. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, I have six hours to kill and I, I didn't have a cell phone. I had an iPod touch. Yeah. That's what sucked. <laughs> so I'd have, to, I'd, have, I'd have to walk around to find Wi-Fi. Yeah. Most of the time I would just walk the train tracks and just listen, just listen to music. And I've grown out of a lot of things as you do when you get older, but I've never grown out of music. I've just never grown out of it. I've always, you know, like when you're listening to a song and like you kind of like a really good song, like one of your favorite songs, like, I don't know, like a, like for me, like a Foxy Shazam song. And like, you get like that, like that feeling on like your spine. That, yeah, and like it sounds tingle. corny. It really, yeah. it really, it really does sound corny. Like the whole like headphones in world out like yeah <laughs> like, like edgy teenager mean but like it is literally like a drug like listening to your favorite artist or like your favorite band or your favorite song i have found is so powerful and i have such a crazy reaction to it and i've n- never grown out of that and it's never not intensified and that is what I try to do or try to convey when I'm writing, when I'm singing, when I'm doing vocals, it's just like, if you are going to show up and you are going to give less than a hundred percent, do not show up at all. Do not play. I'm playing to like five people in my screamy hardcore bands, but it's just like those five people came to see you play. Never mattered to me. Exactly. You better play like you're playing in front of 50,000 people. Yeah. Like that Ajna band did a reunion set and I was still dealing with like a lot of like the, emotional fallout from that relationship and i played two sets that night i played with my favorite hardcore band probably in the world great reversals listen to great reversals if you're not listening to great reversals and you like hardcore you are slipping they are the best 
They're the best people. It's factual. Do it right, right now. So I hope someone's actually taking notes about all the bands that I'm dropping. <laughs> yeah, that'd, this that'd has be definitely sick. been the, uh, the throwout episode. We got a lot of plugs. <laughs> well, I just want all, I just want all my all the people I like to be Absolutely. heard. Like if you and, and like if you're not listening, some to, of these bands want to come on the show too. Yeah, like yeah. if you're if you listen to like hardcore, you know, not, not listening to great reversals or like harm's way, what are you doing? What do you <laughs> listen to? Those are like the best bands that are doing it. Go do that. But I played guitar for great reversals, which growing up, like I saw them a bunch. And then Alex was like, Hey, we have a few shows. Do you want to play? And I was like, yeah. And I'm not one to talk good about my guitar playing abilities, but I remember we were practicing at Alex's house and he was like, yeah, you're good. Why (laughs) did you have to come over? Like, he's like, I'm not trying to sound me, but like, why did you have to come over here and like practice something? Cause it has to be perfect. It has to be perfect. Yeah. Like if I'm going to play in front of people, it has to be dialed in. And then I played in Ajna, I did vocals and that was the most drained I've ever felt after a set. Mm. Just cause I had a lot of, I had a lot of feelings to work. <laughs> yeah. I had a lot of feelings to work out, but that's always kind of been like my, my philosophy when writing. And I think that, I'm really fortunate for every opportunity I've gotten to record, play, and do music. But as I'm starting to branch out and not play so much hardcore-driven music, I'm still maintaining that. Give it a hundred percent, or just stay home. Don't don't show up to do it. Yeah. Like can, like canceling shows. Like Black Flag, I never canceled shows. Like uh, <laughs> like, like yeah, they canceled shows when Henry Rollins' knee fell apart in like the tour of like 1983. But like. Mm-hmm. You're canceling shows for like that hardcore band freedom from Detroit. Like they like missed their flight or something like that. And they rented a car or no, the flights got canceled from Detroit because it was so snowy. They rented a car, drove to Philly and flew out to the West coast. Like nice. you're going to cancel a tour. People showed up. The, people show up to see you like harm's way got their gear stolen. It's just like, yeah. we're not canceling the shows. We'll figure mm-hmm. it out. We don't cancel shows. I mean, unless you're dying or like you're your knee falls apart, but like, I would never cancel a show like canceling this interview. It was just like, I got to make it. I, I have to make it. Like I, I gave these people my word. Like, I'm not going to send the, the email. Hey, sorry, there's trouble. Can we reschedule? <laughs> and it's just like, it's just like, no, you don't do that. You gave your word, figure it out. Mm-hmm. So I ran. So like I ran like a mile mile and a half and i got a ride it was like you do that you give it a hundred percent it never occurs to me not to you know what i mean like i mean it brought some energy to it too you show up and you're like hey man had a day you know like (laughs) yeah it was just like you cannot believe this commendable and i have a little story out of it yeah if you would have canceled it's like we reschedule and then you kind of feel like that like anxiety about it like you already rescheduled and then we start yeah it's just not as good seriously lose sleep over it like man Man, these people think I'm a chump. I blew it. <laughs> Not only is my car broken, but now I feel now I feel like I blew it. Now I'm laying here alone in my room. It's 3 a.m. and I feel like a chump. And it's probably not healthy. Like I still think about people I went to high school with. I was like the, the kid that dressed like an emo kid, but I listened to Screamo. Like I still listen to like Spirit of Versailles stuff, but like I would wear like t- tight jeans and like like a like swoopy hair and like 
I was really the only person at my high school that looked like that. So kids would just like make fun of me and like call me like, I'm not going to use homophobic slurs. That's just not my move. I'm not going to repeat what they say, mm-hmm. but use your imagination. Mm-hmm. So I still think about those people. It's just like, yeah, well, you made fun of me in high school. Well, here, check this out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I and I haven't done anything of note yet, but <laughs> I'm still like, I, I still think about it. Like, I'll be like driving. I'll be like eating like a burrito and I'll just be thinking like, I got to get back at them somehow. And I'm not one for like, oh, I'm going to beat, <laughs> beat you up. Like, I'm not a, I'm not a tough guy. I don't have it. I, I, I'm not a tough guy, but I have to burn brightly. I have to show the people that I went to high school with up. <laughs> and that sounds kind it. of, sounds kind of crazy, but it's just like, I still think, I still think about it. I, I wish I, I didn't, it. but I still think about it. Uh, no, there's, there's a couple people from high school, like I'll bump into and they're like, what you been up to? And I just, I remember like a couple people have asked me that, like after like, I just got back from Europe and stuff and I'm like, oh, I just did a tour in Europe and they're like, holy yeah. shit. And to me, yeah, I'm like, that's dope. So to me, I'm also just like, I don't know, man, we slept on floors for a whole lot and like ate some free curry and just like, I don't know, played some good <laughs> shows and also played some shows to three people, you know, like, but, yeah, but still, it's just like you're doing something. Yeah, you're, you know do- what I mean? you're doing something and you're doing what you want to do. And yeah. like, I'm happy that you have that because like for me, it was just like, oh, what have you been up to? It's just like, well, I lived in my car in San Diego. Like I. I have this, I have a book that's like kind of done. I have a book that's coming out and I just recorded a crappy demo with my band. Like, yeah, that's it. And like, they're like, oh yeah, I didn't do that. That sounds like hell. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it sucked, but I did it. And now I know that I wouldn't do it again, which I would, I, I probably would do it again. Right. But what's but the book about? It was basically just like a collection of like really, like really bad poetry, um, poetry and like journal entries from like my time driving back from the Bay area to Michigan. And then some time, some like sporadic entries from when I was living in San Diego, uh, Carlsbad to be specific. And I know San Diego people were probably like Carlsbad's not San Diego. Stop that. <laughs> but it was just like a collection of things that like I'm writing and like, um, I want to put it out. My friend, my aforementioned friend, Ben, wants to do an audiobook of it which would be so sick and I, I put that out on my own label and let him do some copies for his label too because i basically just invented a label to, to release my own stuff because nobody's going to release this <laughs> <laughs> no nobody wants to yeah, release for once be. my life stuff <laughs> nobody wants to release for once my life stuff i'll do it so you don't lose money <laughs> I'll, t- I'll, I'll lose the money <laughs> but yeah, it's just like a collection of journal entries and stuff. And it's a lot of bad journal entries and poetry like, oh, the sky is dark, just like my heart. My heart is black, black like my soul. My soul and heart are one because they are so blackened, painted Fanta black or Vanta black. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'd like to take a read at it whenever it comes out. Definitely let us know. Yeah, let us know. <laughs> As I touched up in the um, in the pre questions, and how I just kind of sounded a little psychotic right there, saying like "give a hundred percent" or "don't do it at all," <laughs> I'm constantly I'm constantly editing it. I'm it's literally like I I see it on my desktop. It's right there. I see it. 
<laughs> and it's just like I have to edit that line, like like oh I meant this. So like and like part of me wants to keep it as raw as possible, but also I want to release something I'm proud of. So I'm just like ah mm-hmm. shit. And that's like the joke with the LP. It's just like ah oh, man, that lead sounds better. Not that lead. Like this sounds better. Like this rhythm part. Like this part would be better if I ended that part like this. And like this microphone sees so much abuse because I just recorded all through Audacity. And it's like 3 a.m. and I just keep drinking more tea and I'm just constantly working on it. <laughs> and it's, I'm scared that it's never going to be out, but I have to release it at some point. At some point, you have to take the training wheels off and just be like, all right, it's done. Even if it's imperfect, at least it's imperfect in my way. Yeah, I got to say. Sorry, that uh, was that- that was a lot. <laughs> no, no, even um. So what Steve and I do, like before we we host one of these podcasts, we usually like get together and we talk a little bit, and we try to find like a couple talking points. We're like, you know, what's going to get this person to like give us a story? And Steve mentioned he was like, oh, maybe we should hone in on like the fact that he's like a little bit of a perfectionist. Maybe that'll get him to talk. And I think if anything, you've proved to us through talking that you are a perfectionist and beat us to the punch, <laughs> you know? So yep. that might be a little bit of that perfectionism <laughs> shining through, which that's well, not a bad thing at all. I want, you know? that, I want you, I want you, I want you to have, this is what you do. You're taking time out of your day. Like, I'm not going to be like, <laughs> yeah, we put out a demo tape. <laughs> yeah. And then just, and then be like, okay, Perfect. okay. Well, well, what was it like? Well, we did it on a four track and there's three songs on it. Um, none of the songs exceed five minutes in length. Um, yeah. And there's no more left. <laughs> She's like, oh, okay. Yeah. She's like, this is what you two are doing. Like, I want to contribute as much as possible. And, I, I won't drop any yeah. names. It's either a released or non-released episode. We had one person. And that was probably the only time we've had someone that it's like, it was really hard to like pull an answer out of them. And it felt like, I'm happy you're doing this. I want to know everything about what you're doing, but why did you agree to this? <laughs> you know, <laughs> but why did but, I agree to this? Because I have a big mouth. Yeah. And I, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't talk to a lot of people. Like I said, like whenever I'm talking to like a band, like that's on tour that I'm friends with, they must get so sick of me. Uh, like they, they seriously must hate me. Cause I'm just like, Oh yeah. That riff. Like, is it, is it, is it uh is it a zero three four five seven seven or is it zero three four like in like they're like yeah man play it yeah like like they're like like alex from great reversals is a perf is is seriously gets the worst of it and before i played with them i'd be like yeah i heard heard that you guys change your tuning from uh half step down to d standard and he's like how do you know that i'm like i just hear it and he's just like okay and i was like yeah that new song that you played so it's like it's like dun 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 da da dun 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 and he's like yeah that, that sounds right and i'm just like <laughs> like like and even like like i said like when when i was going to fill in for them we played with um hundreds of au yes uh tom schlatter's band from or i'm probably butchering um his last name um Tom and Justin from you and I are playing hundreds of AU. Tom Schlatter has never been in a bad band. He's never released bad music. He's never even released mediocre music. He's <laughs> always 100% played the best music possible. So go go to Tom Schlatter's Discogs. 
and just listen to his entire back catalog because it's not just you and I. It's the assistant. It's in first person. Great music. Uh, capacities. Trotsky played a lot of shows. Capacities. Go listen to Tom Schlatter's entire, entire catalog. So we played with them. And I remember like they were setting up and I was like in the Trumbull Plex's uh, radical left library and i'm like i'm like practicing i can't even hear what i'm playing i don't know how that works but i can't even hear what i'm playing but i, I just know that i was playing this one part wrong they were setting up and i was like i i gotta get this right <laughs> like, I, like and i think i i played really well at that show um that was one of my favorite shows i've ever played and i was just incredible i was so nervous because i was playing i loved you and i growing up so i was playing in front of the vocalist of you and I and, and the guitar player, the main songwriter. And I was just like, well, if I'm going to blow it, it's got to be in front of people I admire. Cause at least I'll have a, a really funny, at least I'll have a really funny story. Like, Oh, you think you're an idiot. I played the worst show of my life in front of people I admire. Dang. I'm an idiot. I'm a chump. And then I go home and I lay it alone until 3am and I think about it. <laughs> not a perfectionist at all definitely not no 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 not uh, once not never uh you did never. touch on foxy shazam have you ever seen them live funny story about foxy shazam so yeah. like i said i grew up going to local shows and listening to sunlight ascending and headlights over hills and once again sunlight ascending is the greatest post-rock band that's ever existed go listen to them right now because for once in my life would not exist without James Schultz. The original incarnation of that band, James played guitar. And I was like, ah, yes, it is perfect. I got James to play in my band and we've tried to form many bands over the years. And they all just, they all just, you know, fall apart. Cause um, you know, it's hard to be in a band. And mm -hmm. James is one of my favorite guitar players. And that band would not exist. For once in my life would not exist. Cause I just rip off James so hard. I rip off James so hard. <laughs> Even the name I stole from him, the name for once in my life, I stole from James. But I found out later that I actually asked him and I just don't remember. But um, I thought it was a Stevie Wonder <laughs> song. Like, that's where I thought you were yep. going with the yep. name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, the, kid, the guy from Cougar Problems, um, which was a bass, drums, and vocals, uh, power violence band, power violence, like hardcore band. Um, Jim. Me and him were playing in a band and they were just Jimmy was like, hey, or James was like, I like the band name for once in my life. Mm -hmm. And then that band never went anywhere. And James told me that story. And I was like, yo, that's a tight name. <laughs> and so when I was coming up names, I was coming up names with Cole and Jesse in Santa Cruz. I was like, it's for once in my life. That's the band name. So I was listening to them and I was listening to like screamo bands and. I was getting more and more into the genre. And I mean, like I was diving deep, like two listeners on on like last FM and just like gar garbage bands, terrible bands. Like, Oh, we recorded this on like a, on a speaking spell in like <laughs> underwater in, a, in like a trash can. Right. That's what we recorded <laughs> on. I lived in this house briefly with my mom in Clawson, Michigan, right above 14 mile. And it was on the corner of, it was on the corner of Knollwood and Livernoy. And I was walking to, um, Re refill my my cup at McDonald's. I used to always I used to just walk in there and just fill it up with Coke and then just mosey on out of there. <sighs> and Nick, I think this this probably predates Trotsky. So Nick 
think Luke, Joe, and our friend Scott, who has the coolest name of all time. His name's Scott Thousand. That's the coolest name of all time. So yep. <laughs> they saw me walking and they're like, hey, I actually think Luke stayed home and that's how I got this ticket. They're like, hey, we have an extra ticket to go see Foxy Shazam. Do you want to go see them with us? And I was like, yeah, I've never heard that band. Like, sure, I'll, I'll do that. So I went home and I threw on some pants and I threw on like a new shirt and we, we went and we saw we saw the band. And at one point, um, I got up on stage. And I didn't know the words, but I was just singing because that was the first time I ever heard them. I was yeah. just being annoying as a 14 year old does. Mm-hmm. This is probably 2010. So yeah, I was 14. And Eric Nally just kind of like jumped into the crowd with me. <laughs> and we were just stage diving during Unstoppable. So the chorus is like, we're unstoppable. No, we can't be defeated. And I just heard Unstoppable. So I was like, unstoppable. <laughs> we're unstoppable. <laughs> and that was a pretty pivotal moment in my life because I've never heard a band sound like that. Um, very piano driven, very um glam influenced and like they're my favorite band of all time like none of their records sound the same that was a pretty pivotal moment in my life where i was like i really really want to start taking singing seriously i don't want to just scream i want to start taking singing seriously and i want to play piano like i want to get better at my instruments like i want to play like that and i'll never sound like eric nally eric Nelly was just born with a high voice. He just has a high voice. That's why his vocal range is like that. That's why his voice sounds like that. Oh, their whole he just family, has a right? He's related to the guy from Chiotos. Is he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How crazy is that? Right? Uh, cousins How do you know brothers? that? Uh, because when I saw Foxy Shazam, he asked the crowd if we'd ever heard of a band named Chiotos. Um, and then he said they fucking suck. And then he said, just kidding. That's my family. And then like, I ended up going down the research hole. Yeah, it was, that was, that was, and that makes total sense to me. Their voices are definitely in that same, you know, that pitch. My brother Mm. works with the bassist of Chiodos and I will fact check this for you and I will get back to you. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I've uh, said before, I definitely have made a couple errors on this show and we will continue to say, please check. I I will fact check you because if that's correct, that's crazy. But as I got older, I mean, I'm 24. It's not like I'm 45. I sound like I'm talking like I'm 45. I don't think think I'm old. I'm not one of those 20 year olds that is like, I'm old. No Facebook 90 year old man. <laughs> okay, that's that's pretty old. I saw yeah. I saw I saw a picture of me. We were going through photos when my brother died. We were going through photos, and I found a picture of me, and I think I'm Benjamin Button. I saw a picture. I saw I saw a picture of me. We were at my brother's birthday party when I, we were at Hooters of all places. I was like six. I look like a, I look like I'm in The Sopranos. Like I look like a 65 year old like Cuban Italian man. It's crazy (laughs) yeah as i'm getting older and punk and hardcore is becoming something less the subculture rather is becoming something less that i identify with because Mm -hmm. it's just it's so violent and i'm sure everybody feels this way at some point but it's all just a fashion show and um i'm really starting to hone in on writing something not intentionally that my mom would like, 
but yeah. something that I'm like, I sincerely enjoy writing this music and I want to get better at it. Before I would just listen to songs. And I'd be like, all right, this makes me feel good. Sick. But now like I'm listening to bands and I'm like seeing how they put together their songs. Like a lot of news of the world by Queen, uh, jazz by Queen, permission to land by the darkness, uh, one way ticket by the darkness. And even like I'm still listening to like metal and hardcore like Metallica. And anybody that thinks like, oh, the, like only it's only the first four records. It's like, dude, the Black Album rules. The Black Album kicks ass. Are you kidding me? I'm paying attention to song structure. And it's just like, all right, this sound good. This sounds good because they're doing this. Like these parts flow together because like they're doing this. Like I was listening to a Def Leppard song, Photograph. And they bridge the verse riff, which is like that. They bridge the chorus, which is like a major key, like not a wonder. Um, they bridge that with just like a guitar, like just and then it just goes into the verse riff again. And I'm getting more used to like reusing parts. I've never done that. I've never, I've never, whenever I'm writing a song and it's like screamy, hardcore, hardcore, I'm like, you can't repeat a part. You can't do that. Now I'm starting to realize that, hey, it's okay to revisit something. Not everything needs to be like driven into the ground. Like you can just do something for two measures and then just transition into something else. So mm-hmm. I've really been exploring with writing and just putting myself outside my comfort zone in terms of writing. Yeah. Finch did a good job with that. Um, they had, a, I don't know if you listen to Finch, but they had like this, this riff I did, yes. and they used that on like two songs on the album. And it was super killer because they did it completely different. And one time it just popped up out of nowhere and to fear before the March of flames did that too, on one of their albums where they kind of like brought you back to a part, but it, it was like, so like strong the first time. And the second time it was just kind of buried somewhere in like, just like the meaning of the song. And it was just yeah. super powerful, you know, that's, that's tight. And even like just writing like a good transition riff, like um, some 40. I don't know why some 41 is coming to mind. Dude, that was one of my favorite like, bands when I was growing up. <laughs> Dude, I could do the they're whole tight from and they killer, still no kick ass. Yeah, <laughs> they're tight. And like they played like that um, tiny dive bar show like on YouTube. I don't know if you've seen that. Oh. They sound. Oh. I got to check it out in. They sound insanely good. Like they're playing in a dive bar in like okay. 2018 and they, they sound amazing but they have that song no reason like okay there's no reason where to blame the, the chorus into the verse riff they do like this like metal riff that yeah. bridges them it's like i'm like whoa what was that like you rewind it and it's just like whoa that's cool that was a cool transition yeah they love metallica they did yes. a Metallica medley. I saw it on YouTube the other day. Did you nice. like even like their first album, that half hour of power? Uh, they do the and just ends with like a yeah. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah, they're they're proficient musicians. Oh yeah, they're really good. They're, they're uh, like a paid Canadian band. That's like what they do, and their their country thanks them. Like <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm really happy that Derek. Um, I might be mistaken, but I think that he was dealing. with with some addiction problems and mm-hmm. he wasn't looking too good but like i said in that video they sound great 
I don't know if you've seen that video where Dave Lombardo fills in for Lars Ulrich and they play battery at download fest. Yeah. But it's just like, Oh, that's what a band's supposed to sound like. <laughs> and like some 41 sound, some 41 was just like, dude, they're dialed in. They sound great. Yeah. And like, like when Dave Lombardo filled in for Lars and like, even James was like, we feel better than ever. Yeah. <laughs> but just kick, but just kicking <laughs> Lars out of that band would be a legal nightmare. Cause it's oh, his yeah. band. I saw him at the grocery store where I used to work at. And I was like, oh, that's Lars Ulrich. Well, there he is. Yeah. <laughs> wish, it, wish it was James or Kirk or Robert, but. Right. <laughs> it's Lars. Ten. I saw Mark, Mark Koslick there, too. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's one thing about the punk scene, right? We're pretty used to just bumping into people and it just kind of goes over your head a little bit, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I'm really fortunate that I grew up in, especially the southeastern Michigan scene where it was like everybody was so tight and everybody was so cool to one another. Like I'm really fortunate that I grew up in that scene. Uh, well, we're really fortunate to have had the time to talk to you tonight. And uh, again, I'd like to thank you for being here. Uh, Aside for rambling on, I know the people listening to this are probably like, dude, does this guy ever shut up? You know what? If they choose to listen <laughs> no, to it, we've got fine. their number. So, <laughs> but, <Yep. laughs> no, no, thank you. We appreciate it. And uh, again, yeah, this is link been me Nathan. to you, link me to your band and link yeah. me to uh, J- uh, Jamie from uh, from Off Minor and Sasha's band too, please. Yeah, Lytic, definitely uh, check out Lytic while we're throwing out bands. Definitely check out Lytic, oh. everybody. Um, but yeah, again, uh, I'd like to thank you for being on tonight, musicians and makers. This has been Nathan, uh, guitarist of For Once in My Life, and also uh, vocals from Youth Novel. Uh, and where can we find more about uh, those projects? So Youth Novel, I'm pretty sure has a Facebook, and Maya and John are really on the up and up and keeping everybody updated because Maya's a professional when it comes to this stuff, but they have a Facebook. They can find out more about that through like the LP that's coming out, um, which I'm not too sure. I'm kind of in the dark about a lot of things, but for once in my life, just shoot us an email. If you want to tape, they're literally in a box back there. I just have to make the packaging. So if you want to tape, um, just send an email to for once in my life X at aol.com and just be like hey i want to take and i'll be like okay aol let's go yeah <laughs> yeah maya made maya made fun of me because i've only used aol my whole life back to like when i was like 10 and i had to make a new email for the band and maya was like and you made an aol email and I was like, yeah <laughs> and she was she was just like jesus you yeah. are hopeless <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know what else to make. That's what's uh, familiar. I don't want change. <laughs> we like the Gmail around here. So if anybody's looking to get on the show, uh, you can email us at Josh, or you could also do Steve at musiciansandmakers.com. Uh, but that's that's a Gmail base. So yeah, check it out. And thanks for checking out this episode. Thanks for being here. And we'll see you all next time. <laughs>